kind of sobering numbers, isn't it? As we think about the fact that there are some 860,000 abortions that's happened over the past year. And those are very stout, and they should be very stout numbers, to remind us the reality and the travesty that goes on in our land each and every day in which we live. You know, uh, today is tabbed as Sanctity of Human Life Sunday across America, and uh, it's the 47th anniversary of Roe v. Wade. And uh, so today that we as believers that we uh, recognize uh, that there are countless, countless babies that have died because of uh, that one ruling. You know, I'm not one who uh, always preaches according to special days and, and calendars and things such as that. Uh, but I felt compelled in my heart today to bring again... Uh, to our attention, uh, the reality and uh, how terrible that this is in our land, and not just our land, uh, but around uh, the world. And I believe that, uh, and I know that uh, some would take issue with, with uh, categorizing sin, but I believe this is one of the greatest and most terrible sins that there is, all right? And I don't think there's any other way that we can uh, categorize it uh, other than that. And so today I want to call our attention to it uh, briefly and uh, just remind us as believers uh, that we of all people, that we should have a great love for life and that we could, should stand and that we should uh, represent those who aren't able to represent themselves. And that's the unborn. Today, I want to invite your attention to the book of the Psalms, Psalm 106, Psalm 106 today, and we'll start our reading in verse number 32, Psalm 106 in verse 32, and we'll read through the end of the chapter today in verse 48. Psalm 106, 32, the Bible says this. They angered him also at the waters of strife, so that it went ill with Moses for their sakes. Because they provoked his spirit, so that he spake advisedly with his lips, unadvisedly with his lips, they did not destroy the nations concerning whom the Lord commanded them, but were mingled among the heathen and learned their works. They served their idols, which were a snare unto them. Yea, they sacrificed their sons and their daughters unto devils, and shed innocent blood, even the blood of their sons and of their daughters, whom they sacrificed unto the idols of Canaan, and the land was polluted with blood. Thus were they defiled with their own works, and went Pouring with their, own, with their own inventions. Therefore was the wrath of the Lord kindled against his people, insomuch that he abhorred his own inheritance. And he gave them unto the hand of the heathen, and they that hated them ruled over them. Their enemies also oppressed them, and they were brought into subjection under their hand. 
Many times did he deliver them, but they provoked him with their counsel and were brought low for their iniquity. Nevertheless, he regarded their affliction when he heard their cry. And he remembered them for his covenant and repented according to the multitude of his mercies. He made them also to be pity of all those that carried them captive. Save us, O Lord our God. Gather us from the heathen to give thanks in thy holy name and to triumph in thy praise. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. And let all the people say amen. Praise ye the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, we give you thanks for this time to come together. And Lord, to worship you in song and to lift our heart, to lift our voice unto you. Father, we're thankful for everyone, every individual here today, God. We believe that we're here by appointment today. There's no accidents here. So, Father, I thank you for that. Never be another time, probably, in all of our lives that this will happen again, a day like this. So, God, I pray that we would set it aside, Lord, right now in our hearts and minds. God, that we would long to hear from you. Lord, our desire is that you would teach us and preach your word to us today. God, I need it and we need it. God, I come confessing the sin of America. God, if there's one thing, if there's one thing that's truly a black mark against our country, this must be it. But God, I know that we are sinners. I'm a sinner. God, we're in need of mercy, we're in need of grace, we're in need of forgiveness. God, we're in need of change of heart. God, I pray for revival among your people. God, I pray for someone here today who's never made you Lord. That today will be the day of salvation for them. Lord, I pray for the men about us today that are preaching the gospel. God, that you would fill them, that you would use them. Pray for the kids as they gather today and next generation. God, that you would just love them towards yourself today. And God, may they understand more and more who you are and your great love. Preparing their hearts for the day that they make you Lord. Father, we lift these things to you today. And God, we pray your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. I have a few uh, statistic things that I want to share with you today, and hopefully that uh, they'll get those up on the, the screen for you. I don't know if they're there or not. Yeah, all right. 1996, there was an estimated 1.36 million babies that were aborted in the United States that year. And now, some 20 years later, we have seen a dramatic drop, thank God for that, 862,000. I'll tell you what, that's still 862,000 too many. Still, still with the significant drop that we have seen the last 20 years, that we see that it's still the greatest killer among us. And yet that we have, uh, that we have made it okay that we have 
promoted it as a nation, that it's medically okay among people who are sworn uh, to protect life, and they're taking life in a country that is part of our very roots and who we are, that we're to be a people that are pursuing, that we have the right to life, and yet we're taking life right and left. It's an atrocity. In 2017, 18% of all U.S. pregnancies ended in abortion. It's almost two, almost two out of every 10 ended in abortion. There's only nine countries that exceed us in the abortion rate. Well, we want to We want to be on the top of the world, don't we? That's one list we don't need to be on the top of. And only nine other countries in this world exceed us in the abortion rate. Washington, D.C., where our laws are being made, where the movers and shakers and where the most powerful people in our nation are, theirs were 37%. have an abortion rate of 37% there. Next is New York City, where it's 34%. And since 1973, an estimated 60 million unborn children have been aborted. That's a lot of people. The next slide shows that in the state of Florida... 2017, there was a little over 70,000 abortions there in 2018. And there in Florida, that it demands that they record some sort of reason as to why they come there. 0.01% came because of incest. 0.14% because of rape. Point. Two seven percent a woman's life being endangered. One percent a serious fetal abnormality. One point four eight percent woman's physical health was threatened. One point six seven percent woman's psychological health was threatened. Twenty percent for social or economic reasons, and the prevailing reason was seventy five percent at no reason. And so, why did I even put that up there? It was to remind us that oftentimes the arguments that are made, that people say, oh, it's because of health, it's because of this, it's because of that. Statistically speaking, that they are, that's really no reason at all. Statistically speaking. And so that we live in a day and age where we are not valuing life. Now, that's from 1973. For some of you that are sitting here, that seems like eternity ago, doesn't it? Uh, But for some of us, it doesn't seem that long ago. So we have killed 60 million children under our watch, so to speak. And so we have seen progress, thank God for progress, 
Thank God that in 20 years that there were 500,000 uh, less than there was 20 years ago in a year. But still, 860,000 per year, that's an estimation. That's an estimation that uh, I got my statistics off abort73.com, and they are citing the CDC and the AGI reports. And so you can check that out for, your, for yourself sometime if you want to do that. So when we see the uh, numbers starting to come down some in the last 20 years, I think that we can say that much of that is because of the work of crisis pregnancy centers across the United States of America. And thank God for those places that are trying to give a viable option. Thank God. Thank God for places that are promoting uh, adoption as a real possibility. Thank God for uh, a past governor who promoted that. I don't think we'll see that in this governor as much as we did the last. And so thank God for men that stand for things that are right. And may God help those who do not. They're a scourge to our society. They're an abomination to God, I believe. And some of these people that we need to be very aware of the seriousness of the moment that I recognize and I'm very much aware that this is not the only issue in our life. That we have to deal with. But may God help Christian people. That we will stand for life. That we will stand and that we will vote. For convictions. For godly convictions. And that we'll vote for people that cherish life. Right? Friend I would, I would challenge you. I would challenge you to prioritize your life. In a way that God prioritizes your life. For the things that are important to Him. That they be important to you. It's deeply saddened. Deeply saddened when I see people who claim to be Christians. People in this church who claim to be Christian people. And yet when it comes to us getting in the pole and putting people into place that values the things that God values, that we tuck our tail. That we get on Facebook and public things. And that we promote people that discredit life and harm life and have no value on life. Your dollar, my dollar is not equal to a life of a baby. It never has and it never will. And for the life of me, I do not understand. Do not understand how Christian people, how that we try to dance around this issue. And yet I believe in the mind of God. It's an issue above all issues because God is the giver of life. How dare we? How dare we even put our rubber stamp of approval upon abortion? Say, Ronnie, I'm not doing it. They're doing it. We're putting our rubber stamp of approval on it. 
as Christian people oftentimes. I don't know what you do. I don't know how you vote. I just know what I see, know what I hear. And it breaks my heart. I believe it breaks the heart of God. When we do not stand up for those that are unable to stand for themselves. The psalmist says in Psalm chapter 82. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will you judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. That we have a responsibility to defend those that are incapable of defending themselves. That we'll stand in the gap and that we'll make a difference in our lifetime. It may be small, but each and every one of us can make a difference. It happens in the political realm, but it happens in maybe even more practical ways as you in your own family, in your own sphere of influence that you can promote life. That we as parents and grandparents that we instill biblical values within our children, that we teach them and that they see in us that we love what God loves and that we do that as we respect all life, whether it's from the cradle all the way to the grave, that we respect life. It's another issue altogether when we... When we, uh, you see a civilization that does not uh, respect the children, that it will no longer eventually respect the old people too. And so wherever you fall on that spectrum, that we all have responsibility in it all, and it will affect each and every one of us one day. And I believe that we as a nation, that we bear great responsibility. You know... I looked at the, those top 10 other nations and probably the, and, and really there's one that I don't think was even accounted for, that's uh, China, that between 10 and 20 million babies are aborted every year in China, but they don't report things such as that, so we don't really know. That's a big number, people. But you know, of all those other countries, there's none of those countries that I saw on that list that have the influence of the gospel like this country does. None of them are going to be held as accountable as you and I are going to be held one day for the sins of this nation. Oh, it's going to be... <laughs> More tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah, is it not? Than it is for us one day. Because of the sins of this country. No, the psalmist here that in these few verses. That he kind of gives a, uh, a short story version of the life of Israel. 
and how that God had been good to them and that God had blessed them and that as we have been studying in Sunday school that God's bringing them in Sunday school into the promised land there and when all the things that they had lived in anticipation of what God had been desiring to do in their life for some time that now he has done that they're reaped uh, the, the benefits and the goodness of that good land and yet they abandoned God and yet they decided to go mixing and mingling with the pagans all around them that they started sacrificing their children to the little g-gods of their society. Verse 35, they were mingled among the heathen, and listen, and learned their works. Learned their works. You see that when we start putting ourselves in living life, rubbing shoulders, so to speak, with the heathen, as the King James puts it here, among unbelievers, those who do not respect or the things of God. When we do that, we start taking on their very characteristics. You know, the old cliche that a, a bad apple ruined a whole bunch, that the rot tends to spread. Now, you can, you can take a rotten apple and you can cover it up with good apples, and those good apples aren't going to make that rotten apple good, are they? But that rotten apple is going to make those good apples rotten. And so that's exactly what happened here. It's what, happened, what has happened in our culture as well. They served their idols, which was a snare. Listen, 37, they sacrificed their sons their daughters unto devils. I think if there's a statement that describes what America has done, that describes it as well as anything. To sacrifice, that means to say no to one thing in order to get something else, right? And that's what we have done in 2017 with 860,000 children we said no to their life so that somebody else could live life their way and that we have sacrificed them as the Bible spares no words it says that we've done it unto devils the little idols of our life the satanic influence in our culture and our society and all that's not just somewhere else, that you know that it's here as well as anywhere else. Now, statistics will tell you that the, the rural community, that the numbers are uh, significantly smaller, but that does not mean that they are not there, because they are. Unfortunately, that, that our local uh, Hope Center here in Mayfield that it had a very good year this year, unfortunately. But yet, thank God that it was here. Thank God that it was here in order to give good, solid, wise counsel and support and help 
to these young ladies who are coming in there with the possibility of abortion on their mind. And yet, because of some people caring, some people that have taken the things of God to heart and decided that instead of just griping and complaining about it, to do something about it. So thank God. Thank God for you who give. I think there's a uh, collection drive going on right now uh, among a Sunday school class. And I think it's going to be going on around different Sunday school classes to take up items for the local crisis pregnancy center. Thank God for that. Thank God that uh, I believe out in the foyer today uh, that they are... Mayfield's Crisis Pregnancy Center is starting their baby bottle change campaign where we fill those baby bottles up with the change and that is a significant part of their uh, budget throughout the year of things that they are able to do. And I believe I'm right in saying that Trace Creek, that we had our best year yet last year. Thank God for that. Amen. Yeah, give the Lord a hand for that. Because some, there are some people who really chipped in last year. Thank God it's a part of our budget through the year. But you know, we as individuals that we need to try to invest in every way that we possibly can. Because it's, it's a sin against God. It drags our country down. That when we sacrifice these children... That those children really are children. They're not some blob of matter. That they are children. In Job 31, he talks about that the Lord formed him in the womb. In Psalm 139, that we're reminded... That we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That he knew us and that he brought our parts together while in secret. Talking about the divine activity of God. You see that we must have a biblical view of life. Of what life is. And God help us not to succumb to the things that the media may tell us, even even maybe things that we are taught that may be contrary to God's Word. I don't know everything that's taught out there, and as far as the education, I'm not going to pretend that I do. But I know that we're in a culture, that we're in a time, we're in a civilization that devalues life and they they try to skirt around the fact of what is being carried inside of that young woman's body is actually a child, that it is a baby that God has made. When I was looking at this video, uh, this this, uh, abort73.com has a lot of different videos and stuff. And there was one um, that I tried to pull up that I had to, I didn't, I didn't go all the way through it because you said it wouldn't be shown there because it was too graphic. 
of all the trash that is out there for everybody to see. And yet when it comes to this video that was exposing abortion for what it was, oh, it was too graphic. So you tell me, what does this culture push? What is society trying to do to us? Doesn't want us, doesn't want us to see these little children that they very quickly look like little humans. They don't want us to see the travesty of sometimes what it takes to kill those little babies. They don't want us to see the tools that they put up inside of the mother and they drag that child out with. They don't want us to see that. But yet... We got some people down here in Paducah who are mistreating some chihuahuas and we're tore all up about that. Yeah. We're messed up. Now, should we mistreat chihuahuas? No. All right. Now, if there was a dog that needed it, it might. But we don't. No, we don't. No, no. We don't do that. All right, we don't do that. But it's sad when we see where we are, we're tore up over chihuahuas. And yet we're okay with people. See, that doesn't add up. It's wrong. I don't care who you are and what side of the tracks you grew up on, whether you discount the Bible or whether you, not, you do not, there, there's something I believe that inside of humanity that must scream out that that's wrong. But it says that they sacrificed their sons and daughters. You see that obviously that these children were not in the womb. They were outside of the womb. But yet, it really, it really doesn't matter. If these people knew how to do what they need to do, they'd went and got them out of the womb too. That's how messed up they were. See, society, we haven't gotten better and better, have we? No. We haven't changed. Haven't changed really one lick. We still have the same old terrible desires inside of us. Verse 38 this is very, so 37, sacrificed and devils. In verse 38, what a powerful line there. And they shed innocent blood. Innocent blood. They, just babies. No reason for someone to be hostile toward them. No reason humanly speaking, for them to have to give their life. And yet we've shed innocent blood. And he goes on and says, even. It's just, it's just describing again and making it, making it more visual for us. So yeah, they, they killed our children, our sons. And our daughters, these children that were to be a part of a family, instead that they, their life was taken from them. 
and sacrificed. Then it says the whole land was polluted with their blood. Isn't that a statement? You know as well as I do that that wasn't a literal statement. It was a figurative statement. And so if it's applicable then, isn't it applicable to us? That our land's polluted. That we are suffering the consequences of shedding innocent blood. Oh, absolutely. The things in this, this old world, the things that trouble the United States of America that it seems like no man can put a finger on, that no man can get a handle on and corral all this. I wonder if it just might be because our land is polluted. Now again, this isn't our only problem. we got a lot of problems. But this is a big problem. And it's a problem that I don't, I don't think it's going to, you know, just go away. Thank God for progress. Thank God for people who help. But I believe it's an ongoing situation that we are forever going to be, have to be standing for the value of human life. Not just the old people. The young people. Especially the young people that they are going to need to stand for human life. Because we are reminded over and over again that our society is drifting further and further away from Judeo-Christian values that once guided our lives. Whether or not you were a believer or unbeliever, that your life had been influenced by the gospel. And now that is no longer the case, that there are many people, not just average Joes, but people who are in prominent positions of authority, whose life has not been impacted by the gospel, and they do not have the gospel as a reference point in their life. And so that we as believers, that we must hold tight to God's word, be unashamed of this word that we have before us today, and be quick to defend it, so to speak. Uh, the, old, uh, the old evangelist said, the Bible don't need defending, just turn it loose, it'll defend itself. And he, he, that was a lot of truth in that, right? But we need to be quick quick to share why we believe what we believe because God said so and you know for we, we were looking at statistics this week that people uh, there's a significant number of people in America that do not value what the Bible says and we've got to understand that we've got to know that as a fact we can't put our head in the sand. We've got to know that is just reality for them, all right? And so that we as believers, that we can't, we can't, expect, we can't expect people that don't value the Word of God to even value life. We can't expect that out of them. But yet we must hold to what is true, and we must defend those that are defenseless. We must. We must do that and that we try our best to promote what God promotes and how that he promotes it. So in verse 39, that they were defiled with their own works, when whoring with their own inventions. Therefore was the wrath of God kindled. That there comes times, I believe, when we 
so offend God that he allows that the repercussions of all that stuff to come back on us? And I believe we see that. When we think of those, all those people uh, that are uh, lives that are not in our, in our country. Uh, man, there, there's a lot. You know, I'm, I'm not smart enough to go through and to look at all the different aspects of how that affects us. But those people who are, that it affects a multiplicity of things. When you're talking about from our, our workforce and our economy to our social security system and all these things that are dramatically affected because those people that should have been born haven't been born. They're not paying into social security anymore. And so our payout is greater than our take-in and we got a mess. There's all sorts of things that we reap what we sow. And you know, when you, when you reap what you sow, that you always reap more than you sow, don't you? And so God, may God help us. You know, I don't want to leave here today saying, man, we're, we're you know, it, it's over doom and gloom. Well, I'm always amazed at the gospel. I'm always amazed at the word of God. That in some of the most terrible times and in some of the darkest days, that you always see the grace of God. And really, it's in the darkest days that the grace of God is, is, shines most beautifully, isn't it? And that's what we see here, even in this text, as we see in 41 and 42, He gave them to the hand of the heathen, and, that, and they that hated them ruled over them. Their enemies oppressed them. They were brought into subjection. But many times did He deliver them. They provoked Him with their counsel. They were brought low. Nevertheless, He regarded their affliction when He heard their cry. I believe that according to God's word and you see the way that God operates. That it, no matter how bad the travesty, how terrible it may seem. That always the grace of God, if a people will come to the place of repentance, if a people will come to the place of, of, of forsaking their sinful ways, that God will come in His grace and His mercy and that He will again extend forgiveness. That's just the goodness and grace of God. And so my message is not all doom and gloom. My message is that no matter how bad, no matter how terrible, no matter how many have died, no matter what you have done personally, no matter what we have done collectively, that the grace of God is enough, that He will forgive you, that He will cover you, that He will cleanse you, that He will save you, that He will make you whole again if you'll come to Him. Boy, that's each and every one of us have that testimony today. Doesn't matter who, we've, who we are, what we've done, where we've been, how bad it's been in our life, that if we'll repent, that He'll hear our cry, that He'll hear our prayer. And it says here, and He remembered them. 
What's that mean? Oh, and he turned his ear toward them. That he hadn't forgotten. That God hasn't changed. He's repented, repented according to the multitude of his mercies. He made them also to be pitied of all those that carried them captive. Isn't it amazing how only God can work? He he worked in the hearts of those who had his people captive. Not just ours. God can work in all sorts of hearts. The hardest heart, the hardest heart God can work in. He can do his business in. If we'll do this one thing, as verse 47 says, pretty simple, save us. Save us. That implies a whole lot of things. There's just two words. But I believe there's a mountain of things going on inside the heart. Laying it out there. Confessing who we are. Crying out for God to do a miracle. Crying out for God to come and to make a difference in our land once again. That, that there truly would be a, be a sorrow that would overcome Christian people. And friend, because of that, we'd be broken in our lives. And that we would affect the lives of other people. That we would see our friends, our neighbors, our brothers, our sisters. That we would see all sorts of people that would come in brokenness and salvation. You see, that we are not going to change this by trying to change somebody's behavior. This is going to change when a nation gets right with God and people get saved and born again by His Spirit. That's what's going to change it. See, we can make it illegal. Then they're going to go somewhere illegal and do it. We can do all we want to. Now, I'm not saying that we should keep it legal, but I want you to get the point. That humanity is humanity and we're broken. We're depraved. And we'll stop at nothing to get what we want. Nothing. And so that we cry out, Lord save us. And gather us from the heathen. My prayer is that today that God would gather some of us. Some of us from the heathen. We're right there with them. Yeah, some people who've got their name on Trace Creek's membership, but they're out there with the heathen. God, bring them back. Bring them back. So they'd see truth. They'd accept truth for themselves. And we can live in thanksgiving and triumph. God, help us. What's 48 say? Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. And let all the people say amen. Praise you the Lord. And so today that my prayer is that we can look at a text of scripture like this. And on a day like this when it's Sanctity of Human Life Sunday... That we together can say amen, praise you the Lord. That it's our heart cry. That it's our desire for God to work. Work in us. To work in our land. For us each to do our part. 
Some of you have some time that you can volunteer. Maybe there's a young person that you know. They found themselves to be getting ready to have a baby. Don't have support. People have rejected them. Instead of being a religious snob, there's many good words right there. Why don't you love them? I don't, we're, not, we're not putting the approval upon what they did. Say, well, if I do that, they'll think I'm... A, they know. They know you're not approving of that. They need to know they're loved. And they need to know that the life inside of them is loved. What they did was wrong. But that baby inside of them is not wrong. And so that we as Christian people, that we would do what Jesus does. Not what we want and not what we wish would happen, but that we would treat people like Jesus would. Neither do I condemn you, go and sin no more type of love. Today, those baby bottles are out there in the foyer. I don't want there to be one left when I leave here today. We can take care of it today. Grab them up. I've, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. I've got mine ready. Ready to go. Do your part. Let's pray for this nation. Put some feet to our prayers. Let's make some hard decisions. Stand for what is right. Love those who are in the midst of sin. Maybe your family who can adopt one of those babies. I don't know the number, but there's all sorts of babies here in Kentucky that need a family. There's unwanted children, so to speak. In the primary grades, teenagers, maybe God's put that on your heart to bring them into your home. Maybe through foster care. If God's prompting your heart for that, don't discount it, don't dismiss it. You may be a great blessing to a little child who's never known love in their whole life. You may be the difference, an eternal difference in their life. They may be living in hatred and rebellion right now. Maybe God could use you to turn that around. I don't know. However God leads, follow it. Be a blessing. So together we can say amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for a word like this today to remind us of the importance of us as Christian people standing and valuing life and, Lord, putting a priority on that which you put a priority on. And, God, I thank you, Lord, for those reminders that you give us, God. Lord, the preciousness of these children. And, God, may we always value them.
And God, I I ask for forgiveness for our land. And God, all the ways that we devalue life. God, for leaders, for leaders that some of us have elected, that we've put in office. God, I pray that you would forgive us. God, I pray you'd spare us. God, I pray you'd break us. God, remind us, God, that our life, our life should be anchored in the book. Not by culture, not by society, not by politics. God, if not one politician, if not one judge recognizes life, that makes no difference to me, God. You do. You're the judge. You're my king. And God, I surrender to that. So God, help us to be bold in all that we say and do. God, help us to love and to care for those that are in the middle of this thing. And God, that the church wouldn't be seen by the lost and dying world as just a bunch of hypocrites. But God, people who really love Jesus and really love people. So Lord, during this time, we give it to you, pray that you would work in our lives and that we would be uh, yielded to that and Lord, full surrender to the things that you speak to our hearts about. And God, may today even be the start of something even uh, in, in someone's life that God, they take up the, the flag themselves. And be something that they invest their life in. So Lord, we pray these things in the name of Jesus today. Amen. Let's stand together this morning.